Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the Litany of Trust. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today we get to day 13, where we pray the petition from the belief that my life has no meaning or worth. Deliver me, Jesus. What a great, powerful petition this is, and to be able to to dive into a real lie, a real lie that can come up in our own minds and our own hearts on many different levels. The belief that my life has no meaning or worth is strong and intense. And I would venture to believe that we've all come up against this lie in some way or another on a, an intense level. Maybe it's to the point of an intense depression where there's just like such darkness around uh, any understanding that my life has a purpose or point to it at all. And that can be a, or just a really, really dark place. I think there's also a, a place where many of us can come to have our value system really challenged. Do you know what I mean? Where, where we come to maybe not even knowing it, but have this idea in our mind that no, my, my life does have worth and my life does have value, but it's based on these systems or these standards that can come to be really shaken. I remember um, one time when that was shaken in my own life, whenever I had first entered seminary and coming out of a college system where I just had a lot of things going for me where I had good grades, I had good friends, I had good connections, um, yeah, athletic ability, and go on down the list. If anything was ever really challenging those, I just kind of had in my, my own heart, like, oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm also the faithful one, right? Like, I'm out of all these these things, like, yeah, I might measure up, like, this guy's a little bit more strong or athletic or fast as me, or this guy might be a little bit smarter than me, have a little bit better grades, or this might person might be a little bit more attractive or whatever it is. In the end, I'm like, but it's okay because I'm faithful. <laughs> like I'm Catholic. And that I really remember going into entering the seminary and being surrounded by a bunch of other just like really competent, really capable um, men who were giving their life for the Lord. And I realized that like one of the things that had really separated me all of a sudden didn't separate me anymore. It's like, well, I go to mass. And they're like, yeah, so do we every day. It's like, oh, well, well, I pray the rosary. And they're all like, yeah, so do we. It's like, well, I love St. Joseph. And they're like, oh yeah, of course. How do you not? It's like, and all of a sudden I just like found, I'm kind of making light of it, but it was a real moment where I, I found myself, wait, then who am I? Right? Like who, who am I if I... I don't have like this special quality of, about me 
They can allow me to stand out. And I don't know, maybe you've had that too, to have that really shaken. That I've, I've placed my worth on these different attributes or these different qualities or these different accomplishments. And to have those shaken can be a really, really challenging thing. And what do we do in those situations? Um, and this can be this can be really difficult, especially when it when it comes to the faith. I I would wonder, right, how many people would kind of struggle with their own self worth when it comes to their relationship with God. Uh, maybe to, to ask it like this: How many people stop going to mass because they don't feel worthy? Or how many people have given up on prayer, not just because it was hard, not just because it was dry, or not just because they didn't know what to do, but how many people gave up on prayer, have given up on prayer, because they just didn't feel worthy, right? Like and, and that's kind of an interesting thing, because I think whenever we come to our relationship with God, there can be a lot that we present ourselves to God based on our own worthiness, that I, I have this merit or I have this c- capability or I have this going for me or this to offer to God. And all of a sudden, if I, I don't know, maybe I start to fall away. Maybe I start to doubt. Maybe I start to struggle with the sin or maybe my, my life just kind of starts to fall apart. I've, I've thought about this a lot as a priest, just kind of wondering you know, how, how we as faithful come to mass, come to church. And, you know, back in the day, I heard there was a thing that we would say, you know, whenever we, we come to mass, we need to dress in our Sunday best. And I kind of like this. My own personal opinion is we should get back to some of this kind of dressing up as opposed to some of the casualness that I see and whether it's just jeans and a t-shirt and shorts or oh in Pittsburgh the ever so classic Steelers jersey (laughs) that's like being worn to mass like oh what are we doing and Sunday best it doesn't mean that it has to be expensive but it does mean that it would be something that would be set apart that I wouldn't wear anywhere else right that would be a helpful reminder to me that I'm I'm going to someplace holy holy is the word uh, in Latin and Greek that literally means to be set apart. Um, so anyway, this isn't a huge tangent, but to, to, to like think, so, but I wonder how many of us still kind of have that mindset, even if we don't carry it out visibly in how we dress, how many of us still kind of have this interiorly that I show up to mass, not because my life is a wreck, it's broken, um, I'm struggling with, with sin and to be faithful and to really trust in God. So I need to come to mass. Um, and I come in all humility, all poverty. How many people come to mass because their life is together? I've got my, my job together and I've got my chores all done and now I've got my kids all dressed and aligned and we can all like file in nicely into the pew. And it's like, ah, look, God, I'm, I'm here. I'm good. And I've got so much to offer. Look at how well I'm doing. And that can just be a, a really difficult or problematic disposition to have. Because where do we find our worth? 
Where do we find our worth whenever all of a sudden, I don't know, some of those things start to fall apart? That if I were to lose my job, if I were to lose some financial security, if, and I know, yeah, right now are some hard times coming through a pandemic and going through a difficult financial situation in our economy and prices are just like soaring on so many different levels. Yeah, can that come to really challenge like, what is my worth? Or how about our family? You know, it just seems like so many people can come to relate their, um, you know, their relationships and their marriage. And if my marriage is a success, then I'm a success. But if my marriage is a failure, then I'm a failure. Or I don't know if it's with the, if it's with uh, one's children. If one's children are doing well and there's no problems, no division or chaos in the home, then then I'm good. But what happens to my sense of self-worth whenever my kids are falling apart? Maybe there is uh, anxiety, depression. I don't know. Maybe there's an identity crisis. Maybe there's acting out. Maybe there's alcohol. Maybe there's drugs. Some of those things can come to really like shout, who am I and what is my worth? And it would break, it breaks my heart just as a priest. I can't imagine God. And this isn't a shaming thing, right? But it breaks my heart to think that any one of us would then associate that, uh, that sense of like failure and put it onto me that like, then I'm a failure and now I have no worth and I don't deserve to come to church, right? Because it's precisely in our unworthiness and our poverty that we are best able to come before the God of the universe. We're able to approach the throne of mercy and to receive aid in time of need, receive mercy in time of need. So yeah, this is a really important lesson for us to, to consider. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me Jesus. Sister Faustina tells the uh, amazing story about Father Walter Shizik. He is this heroic priest who comes to be arrested by the Soviets in Russia and just tortured and broken down mentally. And in his mind and heart, he just had this resilience that I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to cave. And the Soviets just broke him down ruthlessly to where in the end, he caved to everything. He signed these false documents saying that he was a Vatican spy. He wasn't. And that he was um, coming to undo the government. And he wasn't. He just wanted to come and to evangelize and to bring people the sacraments. And so to go from this priest with so much to offer to all of a sudden being a prisoner, um, betraying. That's right. He also betrayed like all these different confidences about, um, yeah, about the church, about the Vatican, uh, about the his Jesuit order. And yeah, talk about going from feeling like an absolute stud and hero, like I'm going to go into this God-forsaken place and bring God to then recognizing I let everybody down. Oh my gosh, like, and I let myself down and I'm worthless. And I I found it interesting in how Sister Faustina connects for Father Shizik, the connection to regaining his self-worth was in this invitation to love, which is really fascinating, right? That he, he, like all of us, have 
this unique and unrepeatable identity made in the image and likeness of God, that we have God's love stamped right into our hearts in a way that is unrepeatable and that each of us have a unique way to be able to love and to give of ourself. And so precisely in Father Sizek's complete poverty of having nothing to offer, he just by loving and giving of himself was able to make this act of trust and ground him once again in his priceless dignity. Sister Faustina says this, even giving our misery to God is a gift that he yearns to receive. Even giving our misery to God is a gift that he yearns to receive. I think this is a really, really powerful, important lesson um, that St. Therese has really taught me a lot about. She, in her little way, comes to really embrace her littleness, embrace her poverty, and she's just not afraid to sit, to always be grounded in this disposition of confidence in God's love for her, that she truly finds her identity, her self-worth in the Father. And she comes to love and even rejoice in those moments where as much as I wish I could love greatly, as much as I wish I could be able to serve competently, as much as I wish that I could be able to pray a holy hour without falling asleep, or, you know, she goes on on down the line through her autobiography of just like all the different ways she just can't do even these most simple, humble tasks. She glorifies God and says, thank you for I'm able to offer up even this poverty to you or this misery. This is something, gosh, I don't know. I, I would love a way to communicate this effectively. This is one of the most difficult things, but it's also one of the most freeing realities for us to understand that the, the gift of being able to offer our poverty, our misery, our failure, right? That is precisely in the moments when I feel like I have the least to be able to give that I can most powerfully glorify God in that, in that way that how, and why does that glorify God? It glorifies God because I'm most free to authentically trust to authentically trust that my life still has meaning, that my, my life still has dignity and not because of anything that I've done or accomplished, but only because I received it from the Heavenly Father. Isn't it, inter- it interesting how, once again, the whole secret to the spiritual life, to this spiritual uh, foundation of trust comes back to receiving our identity, knowing who we are before God. And if I don't know who I am before God, then I'm going to be so prone to go astray and to find, and in this case, find my worth and value and all these different things that are going to lead me not from relying in God, but relying in myself. So to be able to make these acts of trust that wherever we find ourselves, knowing that we are infinitely loved by God. How hard is this? Gosh, it depends. It depends. I think for some of us, it's a little bit easier that, that we've been grounded 
um, maybe in just being blessed with a, a good family that's able to remind us of our worth, no matter how lousy of a day we had at school or at work. Um, yeah, we come back to a family that's able to to remind us of this, or, or maybe it's just like really good friends that no matter how bad uh, I did or how much of a goofball I was or whatever, like people would be saying that I'm a failure, like that I can come back to these friends that are just like, yeah, yeah, but you're, you're still you. We love you. We're, you're here. We're here for you. Like that is so important. And that's where in our culture today, whenever we become more and more isolated, that we don't have these relationships to mirror back who we are and the, the infinite value that we have. How dangerous, huh? How absolutely demonic. Sister Faustina, at the top of 83, will uh, have this great line. Disoriented by sin and suffering and having our trust broken, we can think we are useless to society like a burden to be forgotten. And this is the lie of society. This is the way that um, the evil one has come to really come breaking into um, our lives, especially breaking down the family and taking advantage of sin and suffering to really come to break these bonds of trust, break these bonds of, of trust, right? Within our family, within our friends, that we can come to be totally isolated and start believing these lies. So what's the answer? Uh, this is, I'm stealing her lines. This is the last paragraph in the section on in the first section on page 83. Only in God's eyes do we see the truth that no one can love with my heart, that my love is utterly unique. So what a great remedy. If I start feeling like my life has no value, no worth, no dignity, the, the remedy is giving of myself to go out of myself, to be generous, to serve, to look for someone around me who's also struggling and to give to them. And it's by this act of love that I reground myself in trust and find my identity in him. Trust, she concludes, receives the truth of my inestimable worth in God's eyes. Trust receives the truth of my inestimable worth in God's eyes. Beautiful. How, how dreadfully we need this. Um, she points us to the scripture passage in this second section. Um, hopefully you found in reading through this in these three sections. Um, on, in the first, she kind of gives an anecdote from a, a saint or a, an inspiring story. In the second section, she grounds us in the scriptures where we can have this revealed to us through Jesus. And what a powerful glimpse into this trust uh, with this woman who has been struggling for 12 years with hemorrhaging. And I loved the way that Sister Faustina really came to unpack all the ways this woman would have absolutely come to struggle with the lie that she has no dignity for to struggle with hemorrhaging in that society would have immediately made one unclean, which would have cut one off from the entire society and even from their own family, from their friends, and, and even most dreadfully 
from the temple, from worship. And so what she's experiencing can't be overestimated in terms of completely isolating her and even removing her from all of these uh, systems that are meant to set up to remind her that we still love you. You're still good and you're still worthy of love. Um, So here she is for 12 years being cut off from those people, even God himself in in temple worship that would remind her of her dignity. And here comes Jesus surrounded by the crowds, all these people amazed by his teaching, by his miracles, and just his countenance, who he is. And she is inspired to go and to um, just try and reach him, to touch him. And so I love to imagine what it would have looked like for her to fight through these crowds. I don't know if you've ever been in a big crowd before. I had a chance to study in Rome for a couple years and to go to some of these big papal liturgies. And you would kind of hope that everyone, we're all Catholic, we're all on the same team, so we're all going to be really charitable to one another. And sometimes it was just exactly the opposite. It was, um, yeah, a little disheartening of people just like trying to push and squeeze and try and get a, a head in the line to get in quicker, to get a better seat. And um, on the one hand, disheartening. On another hand, when's the last time you've encountered someone fighting to get into Mass? Right? To get into Mass, not to leave church early. So in, in that sense, there was something beautiful about it, trying to, trying to get in. So it's not easy. It's not easy. You, you do. You have to be wily and shifty and not able to be disheartened or discouraged by... Um, yeah, discouraging results, people pushing you back, elbows coming. And just to imagine her fighting, 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 trying to get all the way to the front and finally to reach out and to just touch the hem of his garment. Who touched me? He says, who touched me? Which to the disciples is crazy. He's like, Lord, everyone, we're all, (laughs) we're all touching you. He says, no, no, someone touched me differently. And there Jesus is able to look at this woman and to find here he's been touched by someone with love, with trust, who willingly chose to believe that her life was worth something. Her life was worth pursuing the Lord to be found in him. And in that, Jesus is able to say, your faith has made you well. So where do we in the, the lies of our society, the lies of our own mind, the lies of the evil one, where have we come to um, measure my self-worth in ways that are not in a line with our Heavenly Father? This is actually the, the first invitation. And just to share with you some of my um, own ponderings or possibilities, right? What are my measures for self-worth? Is it from my own beauty or attractiveness? All right, what were to happen if I were to lose my physical appearance? Would I, would I think that my innate value has been lessened? Would I ever find my self-worth based on the job that I have, the position that I have, the money that I make, how much I can produce? What happens if I were to lose my ability to provide for my family? How much of a dent would that take on my sense of worth 
I've met people like this who really just feel like, like they don't have anything to give because they're, they're not able to, to work anymore. Do I find my self-worth in academics or degrees? What would happen if I were to lose my mind? You know, if I were to start forgetting things, start getting slower, not be able to, to think, argue, reason, lecture in the same way. How about relationships? Oh, goodness, so many people have been in and out of relationships and can come to this lie that um, because of this, I'm unlovable and I'm, I'm worthless. And what a, what a lie. How about athletics, our ability to run or to hike or to swim or to, to get around? How about if I look at my children or grandchildren? What if instead of being really well put together, good students, athletes, actors, actresses in, in the, on, on the school play or in the band, what if they're not? What if they're going through a really hard time? And I struggle with maybe that embarrassment or maybe that sense that I failed as a parent or grandparent. I should have tried harder, should have done something different. Like, do I now all of a sudden think that I'm unworthy? How about my faithfulness? If I struggle with believing, would that affect my self-worth? How about morality? If I start to fall into sin, Oh, I know so many people who have experienced this, struggling with sin, and because of this um, struggle or this fall, the lie is that I'm no good anymore. And this is where, as a priest, one of the most glorious realities is to hear confessions and to be able to be right there, the minister of the sacrament of mercy that is literally about reminding the individual of their worth, right? That your sins don't define you, but it's the love of the heavenly father that defines you and that he has claimed you for himself. Once again, he has rid you of all of your sins, made you new in his own heart and that you might be reminded of your worth infinite. So where do we need to find our worth in the Lord? Where do we need to be reminded of just how good we are no matter um, what's happened in our life, our successes or our failures, um, and to really receive that again from our loving God. With that said, let's turn to our back in prayer litany of trust, asking for this grace to really pray this from the depths of our heart, holding absolutely nothing back. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The litany of trust From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From belief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, 
deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Drybones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.